Chelsea Bay. And I'm Shay. Together, we are Fulfillment. Fulfillment is a storytelling event featuring local community leaders and entrepreneurs who share their personal journey towards fulfillment through vocation that will challenge you to come alive. The following stories are true, and no one's identity has been protected. Here's Fulfillment Stories podcast number 69. Julie Clark is the executive director with Tart Trails in Traverse City, Michigan, and she is responsible for day-to-day administration, trail planning and development, maintenance, and fundraising efforts. Julie and her family live near downtown Traverse City and use the Tart Trail system for work and play on a daily basis. Here's Julie's story from the May 2019 event. All right, so I'm going to share my story tonight. I'm, I'm it. This is it. So this is all you get. So I'm going to go. Thank you to the amazing people who went before me. I have enjoyed this road um, to get here, and your stories are inspirational, and just God bless you. So, okay, last fall, I was in Marquette on a staff trip. And after a great day of biking, exploring, and learning all about the local trails um, that we got to see, we made our way to a place called Black Rocks. This is if you've ever been to Marquette, right? So these cliffs, they're just gorgeous, and you're supposed to leap off of them into Lake Superior. I swear, they're 500 feet high. I know that. (laughs) Stories and stories high. Um, They are absolutely terrifying, and they are absolutely a must-do. So uh, my coworkers, they start just leaping off of these things. Um, I hear the screams of delight, and it's that very, very delayed sound of the splash (laughs) after that scream that makes me go look. So I go and I look, and I look over the ledge, and I feel sick, and I walk away. I'm scared to death. And then they do it again, and they keep going off, and they're laughing, and they're just telling me how awesome it is, and they're promising me that it is fantastic, and they're teasing and taunting me um, in a most loving way. So I go back, and I look, and I get sick, and I walk back, and eventually um, those taunts worked. So I screwed my courage to the sticking place, and I left. And it was fantastic. It was, yeah, Madison, I did it. And it was just as terrifying as I thought it would be. Um, and I did it twice. So it was fantastic. And so as I thought about uh, what I would talk about tonight, um, that experience sort of sums up my life and how I got here where I am tonight. My life has been a series of leaps. Uh, some have been scary. Most have been uncomfortable, some from impossibly high and very risky uh, ledges, but most have ended in that heart-seizing plunge into some gorgeous water with a most satisfying swim uh, back to shore, and then I'm ready to do another leap. So I'll give you an example. My path to college. I had it all set. Um, I was going to the college of my dreams, I uh, went there, had a tour. He was a lovely sophomore who um, sold me on the merits of the school, for sure. That's what it was. (laughs) Met with the counselors. I was good to go. Um, And then uh, it was late into my senior year in high school. I just, I started thinking and I started doing the math and I could not make that math work. Would it be really worth all of that money um, 
to, to do this thing. So the next thing I know, uh, I am putting in a very late application to Miami of Ohio in Oxford, Ohio. I knew nothing about the school. Nobody that I knew was going there, uh, had never heard of it, my, but my parents, they had heard of it through friends of friends, and it sounded lovely. Uh, mom and dad said it was a small campus, home, this is my dad, to the uh, cradle of coaches, very, very important to an Indiana girl. And it was referred to as the Harvard of the Midwest, but without that price tag. So great, I would go to the Harvard of Ohio. And a very kind admissions officer, um, she helped me move my process through a very late application. And uh, the first time I saw campus was my freshman orientation when school officially started. Turns out it was the totally uh, right decision and my swim back to shore was fantastic. I did think it was a lovely campus. It was very lovely. Uh, I enjoyed school and the academic challenges that came with it. I made some of the best friends of my life, and I was able to strike that school-play balance where my parents thought I wasn't wasting tuition, and I could win the occasional tequila competition. During my senior year, uh, my friends had all lined up jobs. They were going to grad school, they were going to med school, they had their internship, they had whatever they had at Deloitte and Touche. Is that the name? Is that a thing? They were all business people. Um, I had spent the summer in Washington, D.C. Uh, lobbying. I thought I'd go into politics or lobbying, so that's what I did. And then I saw what happens when you go into lobbying or politics, and I decided to do something else. So. Um, I just wanted to travel. I wanted to make the world a better place. And so I asked a friend, he was a mentor of mine, and he said, you need to go and you need to get your hands dirty and your feet wet. You really need to get onto the ground and figure out how things work in the real world. And so I walked up to my next ledge and I leapt into the Everglades where I found a job working for the University of Florida doing the grunt field work which meant catching crocodiles and alligators, doing very uncomfortable things to them, um, but it was delightful. <laughs> Went through a lot of swamps. Oh, that's fun. I don't have time for that. Um, a lot of bugs, a lot of snakes. Um, I'm still scared of snakes to this day, but that's why I love Michigan. You can walk in any water and nothing's going to bite you. It's pretty great. Anyway, it was fabulous. I did a lot of research, hung out with grad students, had a lot of fun. Um, the swim back to shore, though, on this one, that is a little bit more rocky. I was working three jobs to pay the bills. Uh, the professor that I'd gotten the job with uh, down in South Florida, he offered to take me on as a student. That was great. We put together all this funding and a research project that I could do to help pay my way through grad school. Well, um, that professor, Let's just say I have a mini Me Too movement, and uh, then I was back, looking over that ledge, trying to figure out where I was going to leap next. But like those black rocks, I listened to the people around me, and I heard some encouragement. And my next leap would introduce me to something that is now very near and dear to my heart, and that is trails. So I got to work on trails as part of my grad degree, the Florida National Scenic Trail, a thing called the Cross Florida Greenway Trail. It was this idea they were going to cut Florida in half and put in a canal. Bad idea at the time, still a bad idea. But now they were going to make it a trail. It was awesome. I had so much fun, 
And I got to learn, because um, something I knew about myself is I was always happier hiking or walking or running. And my research let me understand why others felt the way I did and why communities were better when we had trails and places to get outside and active. So on this very same leap, that leap where I just decided um, to start my life anew in grad school and do something different, I also happened to meet a boy, a boy named Bill. And he was this tan, cute surfer, looked like a kid. Um, but he loved to sail and hooked me in with a uh, date on a sailboat. So we started hanging out, and th then we um, started dating. Before I knew that, we were, we were dating. And uh, I told him that was fine, that was nice, that was great, but I really didn't want to get married, and I really didn't like kids. That was just not my jam. <laughs> a year and a half later, I'm walking down the aisle with my dad, and my head is spinning as I tried to figure out how I just took this particular leap. Well, we're going to fast forward one year, and uh, Bill and I are reading in bed, and he's got the Bill Bryson book open, A Walk in the Woods. And he turns to me, and he says, hey, we should do this. How about it? Let's hike the Appalachian Trail. Now, what doesn't sound appealing about living in a tiny little tent with your new husband, no showers, one change of clothes, blisters, heavy bag, and walking 2,000 really hard miles? All good, right? <laughs> so we decided to do it. Um, but a few months after we started planning that hike, he comes home and he says, hey, I got offered a job to teach in the Galapagos Islands. It was going to be a six-month gig, and when we got back, we'd have a few months where we could um, kind of have some fun and then take off for the Appalachian Trail. Well, despite it being the Galapagos Islands, right? <laughs> I was freaking out. Um, I started my pacing. I did that ledge look. I felt sick. Uh, I did not want to go. We had a plan for the AT. We now advanced that time frame. It wasn't on the plan. It was, it was wrong. I mean, I had my life starting to come together. I had finished my grad degree. I was working feverishly, publishing for my professor so he'd get tenure. I mean, my life was just about to start. Bill had two careers. Like, he could wait. Um, and it's really crazy, because as nuts as it seems to be now that I almost said no to the Galapagos Islands, it scared me. Um, but we left. And I joined Bill a few months after he landed in the islands. This, we were right, it was an amazing experience. We were living Darwin's world up close and personal. I mean, the iguanas and the finches and the sea lions, it was just incredible. And I was miserable, just oh, it's miserable. Turns out I needed to feel productive. I didn't have a job. Without a job, I didn't feel like I had an identity. So I started volunteering um, at the national park nearby, and it felt a little bit better to me. But Bill got offered an extension, and I uh, felt like we needed to stick to our plan. I wanted to get back, hike, and get back to the real world. Um, so that time, we did not take that leap. So we get home. We do have some fun, travel around. And then we start hiking the Appalachian Trail. And Bill, because he's Bill, has it planned to a T. He's got the mileage down, the maps in hand. He's got all the mail stops done. He's got the equipment all picked out. So we go to Springer Mountain, say goodbye to his parents, his aunt and uncle and cousin, and we start hiking. And it 
it was great. As we make our way along the trail, we meet some wonderful people that are still in our lives today. We saw neat towns, we got to do cool hitchhiking, gorgeous scenery, and then we got to experience the fun of figuring out just how wet, tired, and hungry you can get and still have to keep going. Um, but then we started to realize that Bill Bryson, if you've read that book, he was onto something. <laughs> Through hiking, there's a lot to it. Um, and it's not really all that. Uh, the trail, it was crowded. Uh, there wasn't a day that went by in that first month that we weren't swarmed uh, by other hikers. It was like a, a slow, smelly walking party that just <laughs> went the whole way. So despite the beauty and the challenge of that trail, Bill realized way ahead of me uh, that we weren't enjoying it like we thought we would. Um, it wasn't about the journey anymore. It was just about finishing it. And for me, I don't need joy. Like, I, I don't need happiness and satisfaction. Satisfaction is finishing something. I can grind all day long if I'm getting to a destination and an end. Um, but Bill, not so much. He understands that life is about living and should have a little bit of value and happiness and satisfaction to it. And I don't know when he started to plant those seeds about how we were going to change our hike, um, but he did, because he didn't want it to be just something we checked off a list and got through. So after lots of discussions and lots of tears on my part, we made a new plan and took another leap. That is when I fell in love with biking. Because when we made it to the Vermont state line, uh, we swapped out our backpacks for bike bags. And Bill, who knew my incessant need to finish things, uh, had charted out the exact mileage we needed to bike so that at the end of this trip, we would have done the exact mileage of the Appalachian Trail. That's right, and he, he should deserve a lot of alls because he puts up with a lot of all. <laughs> so we get our bikes, and then we bike through Vermont and New York and Quebec, and we end in Bar Harbor, Maine. And it, it was amazing. It was just amazing. Um, in Maine, we learned that he had gotten a job offer from a school from a little town that we had hiked through uh, when we were in Massachusetts. So we uh, finished up our bike, and then we moved to Massachusetts. And he started teaching, and I struggled to find a job. Um, I went on dozens of interviews and tried so many things, you know, all those informational interview things you're supposed to do, uh, and nothing. So like my experience in the Galapagos, without a job, I was miserable. I felt useless and depressed. And it didn't help that, you know, I couldn't even get a job at a coffee shop. It was rough. So during what felt like a very frantic search, I ended up finding my dream job. Little did I know it was a dream job. But it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it had this title of Greenway Planner. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that I would be helping them map out and build a trail system. And that was awesome. So we left. And we were in Charlotte for six years. I had a fantastic job with the County Parks and Rec Department, and I was climbing that career ladder. Bill was doing amazing work that he really liked. We made great friends. We lived in this old neighborhood that allowed us to walk and bike everywhere and be a one-car family. We had our two girls there. 
And then came the Great Recession. And it wasn't looking great at my job, given that I had to fire pretty much my entire staff and was told uh, just do more with less. So um, we also were figuring out at that time that Charlotte was missing some key ingredients that were going to make our family happy and thrive in the long term. And so this time, we began to look around. But instead of looking for the perfect job, we decided we learned a lesson from Massachusetts. We wanted the perfect place. The job could come with it. So um, we knew that we wanted excellent schools that didn't require an hour bus ride or a lottery to attend. We wanted strong neighborhoods and clean air and water. And we wanted to stay a one-car family. So we were looking at communities all around the country, and I learned, thank you, Mr. Vanderclip, of this job for the executive director of Tart Trails in Traverse City. Bill was from Bay City. I grew up in Mich or I grew up in Indiana, so we, we knew where Michigan was. And I can tell you that it did not make the list of great places to live. Uh, but Traverse City had started to tell a different story. Our neighbors, coworkers, um, colleagues, relatives, all raved about Traverse City. And so we started doing our research on it. And we found out, besides a lot of other great things that we all know and love, two really important things. One, if you're going to weather climate change, ain't no better place than right here. <laughs> So the second thing we learned is that when you were clicking on those Google Maps and pulling up Traverse City, there was like a brewery on every corner. <laughs> so we were sold. Sold. Luckily, I got the interview, and we came up uh, to check it out for ourselves. And so we're flying into the Cherry Capital Airport, and you know what that looks like if you've done that flight the woods, the trees, the lakes, and then you bank and you see that blue water of the bay. And Bill leans over to me and whispers in my ear, try not to mess this up. <laughs> so, in 2010, we leaped to TC. Now, I had worked at a university for six years and as a government employee for six years, and now I found myself in a brand new world of nonprofits, uh, a close-knit community uh, where we knew nobody. I was still a pretty new mom. Bill became a full-time dad. And we took that standard view of the bay is worth half the pay pay cut. <laughs> and I was scared. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I was scared to death. Like, I can remember. Um, that first month, just trapped, uh, crying in bed, weeping, paralyzed with fear because I felt like I made the wrong decision. Just, I was determined I was not the right person for the job and that I would mess it up. And I was scared that we had sacrificed too much. Um, but as it turns out, just like on those black rocks of Marquette, um, I had the right people there cheering me on, encouraging me. And as for uh, needing that work to feel focused and productive, there was so much of that. Uh, not a problem for, for work. So nine years later, I may not be leaping you know, to kids and marriage and new jobs, uh, but each project at Tarte has been a leap in and of itself. So my first two projects on the job were the Leelanau Trail and the Sleeping Bear Heritage Trail. Woo, that's right. Oh, damn. 
No. So the Leland Trail, see Jim, I blocked the times. So I have no idea how long I'm going. Um, sorry about that, Chelsea. Anyway, the Leland Trail, it was beloved, but there was a six mile gap and we were told it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be paved, it should be gravel. And then, you know, we don't have the money to do this. And so with a bravado I did not feel, I decided we're gonna do it, we're gonna pave it, and we're gonna figure out how we raise the money in the limited time frame that we had. And we did. And the trail exploded in growth, and businesses and homes along the way have benefited from that leap that we made. Yeah. So Sleeping Bear Heritage Trail at the same time, that was just a line on a map, a line really far away from Traverse City. It took me a long time to figure out why we were over there. But it was a line on a map, and people wanted it, and it would soon become a 20-mile trail with a $12 million fundraising lift. And we did it in record-setting time, and it has made its mark on the state and national trail stages. And there were bumps and bruises along the way as we learned what it meant to be a good partner and raise funds in timeframes and amounts that's, that were unknown to TART uh, as of then. So now we're about, le we're, we leapt again. We have something called the Traverse City to Charlevoix Trail. That's been a dream. Yeah, for a long time. We worked with partners. It's a 46 mile trail that'll go, as it says, Traverse City to Charlevoix. Um, and it, it was a dizzying height uh, when we look down for that leap. We have to work with six townships, three counties, multiple state agencies, two, two cities, one village. It's, it's a lot. Um, but when we saw what could be if we took that leap, uh, we knew we had to do it. And now we have entire communities behind us giving us that support. We are not close to shore yet, um, but we're swimming hard and we know we're gonna make an amazing trail. So my job, um, like my life, has a lot of these heart-pounding moments uh, where I'm walking to the ledge and I'm looking over. Uh, but I think I've grown smart enough, probably because I've grown older, and maybe I've listened enough so that I can do some rough calculations to know about the risk that I'm taking with each leap. But I'm also aware of and listening to and eternally grateful for those voices of encouragement all around me, whether it's my family, my amazing team, volunteers, donors, community members, all supporting us to take those leaps. And so, here is my challenge to you all. Walk up to your ledge. Let it be something beautiful, let it be something frightening. Make sure it scares the bejesus out of you or at least makes you wanna throw up. <laughs> Look around, listen, and then take that leap. And may your swim back to be shore be beautiful and brisk, and may it inspire you to do yet another leap. Mm -hmm.